Welcome to God's Word for Life Lesson Companion Podcast, brought to you by Word of Flame Curriculum and the Pentecostal Publishing House. This podcast encourages adult disciples to think deeply about God's Word, further develop their personal relationship with Jesus Christ, and make a greater commitment to the purpose and plan of God for their lives. Let's dive into today's lesson and explore what it means to live out God's Word in our lives. Well, hello, everyone, and welcome to God's Word for Life. I'm your host, Jonathan McClintock. This is episode number 39. This is a lesson companion podcast, so for those of you who are Word of Flame curriculum customers, we invite you to grab your Living Word Winter 2020-2021 lesson manual or student workbook and turn to lesson number 7 intended for January 17th, 2001, the lesson entitled Seeing Beyond the Present. For those of you who are not Word of Flame curriculum customers, we invite you to grab your Bible, sit back, and let's dive into God's Word together. All right, well, before we look into God's Word together, if you want to go ahead and turn there and place your finger there and keep hold your place if you would like to, Zechariah chapter 3, we're going to read the first 10 verses of Zechariah chapter 3. But before we do that, most middle school students have heard of Alex. They know him better by his lesser than humble moniker, Alexander the Great. But fewer students outside of Sunday school have heard of Zach. His full first name was Zechariah. He was one of the final minor prophets in the Old Testament. Zechariah wrote and prophesied around 520 BC, and and he prophesied of a conqueror coming through Syria, Philistia, and the oceanfront country of Tyre. Nearly 200 years later, Alexander conquered Syria, then Philistia, and then Tyre. He besieged them from seven for seven months. But Tyre eventually fell, just like Zechariah prophesied. Finally, Alexander set his sights on Israel. Zechariah knew his people would be on this conqueror's hit list, but God would defend them. And according to history, the high priest Jadua prayed when he heard Alexander and his marching hordes were advancing toward their country. God answered his prayer and told him to open the gates to greet Alexander. And when Alexander saw Jadua, he prostrated himself before the high priest and worshipped God. Someone brought him the scroll of the book of Daniel, and Jadua showed Alexander the prophecy of a horn that would defeat the Persians. Alexander realized his wars and conquests were prophesied hundreds of years before they ever started or ended. And just like Zechariah had prophesied, this world conqueror left Jerusalem unscathed, And all the history is found right in your Bible in the Old Testament book of Zechariah. What a major, minor prophet. And what an awesome God. If you want to turn with me to Zechariah chapter 3, the first 10 verses, and let's see what God's Word has to say to us today. All right, let me read Zechariah chapter 3. And we're going to read the first 10 verses Zechariah chapter 3 and beginning at verse number 1. And he showed me Joshua the high priest standing before the angel of the Lord and Satan standing at his right hand to resist him. And the Lord said unto Satan, The Lord rebuke thee, O Satan, even the Lord that hath chosen Jerusalem rebuke thee. Is not this a brand plucked out of the fire? Now Joshua was clothed with filthy garments and stood before the angel. And he answered and spake unto those that stood before him, saying, Take away the filthy garments from him. And unto him he said, 
Behold, I have caused thine iniquity to pass from thee, and I will clothe thee with change of raiment. And I said, Let them set a fair mitre upon his head. So they set a fair mitre upon his head and clothed him with garments. And the angel of the Lord stood by. Verse 6, And the angel of the Lord protested unto Joshua, saying, Thus saith the Lord of hosts, If thou wilt walk in my ways, and if thou wilt keep my charge, then thou shalt also judge my house, and shalt also keep my courts, and I will give thee places to walk among thee that stand by. And hear now, O Joshua the high priest, thou and thy fellows that sit before thee, for they are men wondered at. For behold, I will bring forth my servant, the branch. For behold, the stone that I've laid before Joshua, upon one stone shall be seven eyes. Behold, I will engrave the graving thereof, saith the Lord of hosts, and I will remove the iniquity of the land in one day. Verse 10, In that day, saith the Lord of hosts, shall ye call every man his neighbor under the vine and under the fig tree. The focus verses are verses 7 through 8. Let me read those one more time. Thus saith the Lord of hosts, If thou wilt walk in my ways, and if thou wilt keep my charge, then thou shalt also judge my house, and shalt also keep my courts, and I will give thee places to walk among these that stand by. Hear now, O Joshua the high priest, thou and thy fellows that sit before thee, for they are men wondered at. For behold, I will bring forth my servant, the branch. It's interesting that in the in the King James here, and several of the translations, the word branch is all capitalized, this referring to the Messiah. The focus thought for this lesson is God gives us visions of the future to encourage us to be faithful in the present. This lesson entitled, Seeing Beyond the Present. Now, these 10 verses and several others found throughout the book of Zechariah can be somewhat hard to really understand if we don't quite understand what's going on in the book, if we don't quite understand the things that are happening. Now, Zechariah the prophet was a younger contemporary of Haggai, and together both of these uh, prophets talked about the completing and rebuilding of the temple that had been put on hold for almost 20 years. Now, Haggai's very concise, and his book is not very long. However, Zechariah is, I believe, like the second longest minor prophet book. And Zechariah's writings are a little, Haggai's a little easier to understand. Zechariah, a lot of uh, symbolism, and it's, it's a little bit more difficult to, to understand. But let's just look at these verses, and we won't dig down too far and get too complicated with it. But I want to see what we can draw from this today and how we can be encouraged in this, through these verses and how it points to this idea, this focus on that God gives us visions of the future to encourage us to be faithful in the present. Now, the, the first five verses of Zechariah, we see this. Uh, Zechariah is saying being showed Joshua the high priest standing before the angel of the Lord. And there's Satan right there also trying to resist what's happening. And the Lord rebukes Satan. And then we get this picture of, of Joshua. He's the high priest and he's clothed in filthy garments. And he's standing there before the angel. And, and, and then they begin to talk to him and say, you know, the angels. The angel says, "Cleanse his, take his away his filthy garments. Give him, give him clean garments. A change of raiment. There needs to be a cleansing. Why? Why does the Lord 
cleanse Joshua. What is this about this cleansing of Joshua? Now, as I let you, as I said just a, a little bit ago, this uh, Haggai and, and Zechariah are contemporaries, though Haggai is, is much older and Zechariah is much younger than Haggai. And we, we see this um, rebuilding of the temple that, that they are focusing on, trying to get the Israelites, trying to get the people of Israel to rebuild the temple, of Israel and Judah to rebuild the temple. And so this purification of Joshua, one writer said, is thick with symbolism regarding the rebuilding of the temple and of the reestablishment of proper worship of the one true God led by a righteous priesthood and the restoration of God's people in the promised land. So this, this whole idea of Joshua being clothed, as pointed out, these clothed in filthy garments, and, and then the Lord wants to cleanse him and change those garments. He, there's this, a purification that needs to come to the priesthood so that proper worship can be established. Now, this whole rebuilding of the temple and reestablishing of, uh, of the right kind of worship starts with the leadership, starts with the high priest, Joshua. He needs to be cleansed. Not only do the people need to be cleansed, but he needs to be cleansed. It, it's so important. Leaders in any area of ministry, any area of the church, leaders need to lead the way in repentance and lead the way in cleansing, lead the way in, in cleaning their lives out. They ought to be examples. Joshua the high priest is to be an example to the people of a clean, pure priesthood to establish this clean, pure worship unto the one true God. So that's why the Lord cleanses Joshua, the high priest, in this passage. Verses 6 and 7, we look at those. The angel of the Lord protests unto Joshua, saying, Thus saith the Lord of hosts, If you'll walk in my ways and keep my charge, then you can judge my house and keep my courts, and I will give you places to walk among these that stand by. What can we learn from the angel and his words in these verses? It's very clear that this cleansing and this changing of garments, this purification has happened in Joshua. And, and now he's also not just, don't just purify the outside, don't just purify the, the garments, a change of raiment. But the Lord tells Joshua, now that you're clean, I want you to walk in my ways. I want you to keep my charge, keep the commandments I've given you, follow my laws that I've given you. And if you will do this, if you will walk in my ways and you'll keep my charge, keep the commandments, keep the law that I've given you, then I'm going to give you, I'm going to give you authority. I'm going to anoint you. I'm going to give you, give the ability to lead the people in the way they need to be. I'm going to give you things. I'm going to, I'm going to bless you and use you. So what can we learn from the angel's words here is that if we will walk in the ways of the Lord, if we will follow after him, if we will keep his commandments and, and keep his word, God will bless us and God will guide and direct us. So we need, as we see this first part, these first few verses, we need to be cleansed. Just as Joshua was cleansed to symbolize to the people that the priesthood and the leadership needs to be cleansed in order to establish pure, righteous worship and the rebuilding of the temple, but not just cleansed inside now first of all cleansed or cleansed on the outside but we need to be cleansed but also we need to walk in his ways and we need to keep his charge or keep his commandments and the lord will give us blessings and guide and direct our lives and then 
we see this very interesting thing. He's he's talking. We see this 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 word going forth that's that's dealing with the present, dealing with Joshua the high priest, the present, and this and this rebuilding of the temple and what needs to happen in the very near future. And then all of a sudden, in verse eight, we see the prophet begin prophesying in the far future, and he says, "I am going to bring forth my servant, the branch." Capital B, capital R, capital A, capital N, capital C, capital H, the branch. In other words, referring to the Messiah. The whole reason for the the people being cleansed and the priesthood being cleansed and the rebuilding of the temple and following God's ways and 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 going and keeping God's charge. His God was establishing something. God was pointing to something that he wanted to do in and through those people. He said, I am going to bring forth the branch, the Messiah. The promised one is going to come, and I'm preparing the way for that. Now, this wasn't going to happen in the next few years like the rebuilding of the temple was going to be completed. But this would be down the road. But he gave them, just like our focus thought says, He gave them a vision of the future to encourage them to be faithful in the present. He told them the branch was coming, Messiah was coming, the promised one was coming, the one that the Lord promised Adam and Eve in the garden that would bruise the head of Satan was coming. He would be called many things, but in this passage, he's called the branch. He's coming. And so he wanted them to see what was coming in the future so they would be faithful and do what God was asking them to do in the present. And I believe God does that for us even. There is hope for our future. We have a hope in heaven. We have a hope beyond this world. And if we will cling to that, it will cause us to want to be faithful in the present. We want to live for him now. We want to serve him and please him and honor him now. Let's see how we can how can we apply this today to our lives. First of all, I think we need to heed the words of the angel to Joshua and walk in God's ways. Follow and keep God's charge. If we will walk in his ways and we will keep his charge, if you will do that this week, begin to walk in his ways, keep his charge, keep his word. God is going to do some amazing things through you. God is going to guide you and lead you. God is going to help you to stand, to walk among those. As he said to Joshua, I'm going to give you, give these places to walk among these that stand by. I'm going to lead and guide you. I'm going to help you as you walk this road ahead. I'm going to be with you. Walk in his ways. Keep his charge challenge you to do that this week. I challenge you to seek to walk in God's ways and dig into his word and keep his word, keep his charge. And then secondly, just want you to be encouraged. I want you to be encouraged just as the Lord prophesied and said, the branch is coming. The branch is coming. Messiah is coming. I want to give some encouragement to somebody listening right now today. Our world is in dire need of revival. We need a move of God more than anything. Our world is so wicked. 
uh, our world day after day after day it's getting more and more wicked but here is our hope and here is the hope and the strength we need to remain faithful in the midst of whatever's going on around us here's the hope listen closely the branch is coming jesus is coming that should give us the hope and the strength to remain faithful no matter what we face, no matter what comes our way, no matter what may happen tomorrow or the next day. Hear me right now, no matter what you're going through, no matter what's weighing down on you, I've got a hope for you right now. The branch is coming. Jesus is coming so very soon. Dear Lord Jesus, we are thankful for the hope that you give. I pray right now that you would speak to the hearts and minds of those listening right now, that you would expand their vision, that you would give them a vision of what you want to do in their lives and what and help their minds and hearts to see and grab a hold of the promises of your word and the promises of what you are going to do. You are coming. You are returning for your church so very soon. And so we have hope and we have the strength and we, have, we can have courage to stand strong no matter what our world does, no matter how far from you the world gets, we don't have to stray far. We can walk in your ways and we can keep your charge and we can wa- allow you to walk with us and we have the promise that you are coming back and we have the hope that you are returning so very soon. Let us live in a way that points others towards you and let us live faithful lives for you in Jesus name. Amen. Thank you for listening to God's Word for Life Lesson Companion Podcast, where together we explore what it means to live out God's Word in our lives. If you haven't yet, make sure to subscribe to this podcast. And if you are looking for other Bible study tools and resources to encourage you in your walk with God, visit us today at PentecostalPublishing.com.